Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to PGN, Prophetic Grace Network. This is Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. I am Nicole, your Book of Revelation research scientist, and today we're talking about the New Earth prophecy in the Book of Revelation. If you receive our uh, text messages from Prophet Randy, you heard these questions. Are you interested in a new heaven a new earth, no more death, or the tree of life. If one or more of these topics is of interest to you, you're in the right place. We're going to be talking about all of those things today. A new heaven, a new earth, no more death, and the tree of life. We are looking at the book of Revelation, unlocking its secrets. So our focus is the new earth prophecy, which is... In part five of the book of Revelation, let's do a quick overview of what's in the book of Revelation and where are we going today. In the book of Revelation, there are six parts by my analysis. In chapter one, there are two parts. Chapters two and three include part three. Chapter four is part four. Chapter Five, all the way to verse 5 of chapter 22 is part 5. And finally, part 6 is verse 6 all the way to the end of chapter 22. So part 6 includes uh, Revelation 22 verse, verses 6 to 21. So what are those six parts briefly? And then let's focus in on the New Earth Prophecy, which is in Part 5. The first part of the book of Revelation is its preface. In the preface, we hear from an omniscient narrator, an all-knowing narrator. God the Father is the narrator for the preface of the book of Revelation. You might say, why are you talking about who's narrating? Isn't John the Revelator the author of the book of Revelation? Surely he is. Surely he is. However, who's talking in the book of Revelation depends on where in the book of Revelation we are. So in the preface, we hear uh, an omniscient narrator talking to you and me, readers of the book of Revelation. And in verses 1 to 8, The omniscient narrator says in verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. And so we're told uh, in part one what the book of Revelation is um, and how it uh, came to pass. So what uh, what is the Revelation? So the revelation is found in verse 7. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. So who's coming with the clouds of heaven? Jesus Christ is coming. So the book of Revelation is all about the unveiling of Jesus Christ, the revealing of Jesus Christ. Revealing to who? It says it to us right here in verse 7 of chapter 1. Everyone will see him, and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. So Jesus Christ came the first time as the Lamb of God, but the truth of who he was was not revealed to everyone. But when he comes at time 2, The time of the second coming, everyone will see him. And the truth of who he is, the fact that he is 
king of all kings and lord of all lords, that will be known to everyone. And so uh, that's what the book of Revelation is about. It's about the revealing of Jesus Christ to the entire world. How does it happen? So there's some key events leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, some key events in that period of the second coming, and some key events following. Let me just uh, mention a few of them. So the Great Tribulation, that's a key event leading up to the second coming. And then at the time of the second coming, we have the first resurrection. That's the marriage of the Lamb. After the second coming, we have the Battle of Armageddon when Jesus Christ fights and wins the war to end all wars, and he throws the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire. And then we have the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. Then we have the great white throne judgment, and finally the new earth. So the book of Revelation is about these key events. Again, those events leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, where he is revealed to all the nations. He's coming from the clouds of heaven, descending to this present earth. And uh, it's also about key events that happen after his second coming, including the first thousand years of his government on this present earth, the great white throne judgment, and the new earth to come. Now, in part two of the book of Revelation, that's the formal introduction. We hear for the first time from John the Revelator. So he tells us the beginning of his experience with the book of Revelation. So in the preface we're told, well, the Revelation came from God the Father who gave it to Jesus Christ, and then Jesus Christ sent an angel to present the Revelation to his servant John, and then John reported, in other words, John wrote down everything he saw. So an omniscient narrator tells us that in the preface. That's part one. When we get to part two of the book of, Revelator, uh, book of Revelation, now we have John the Revelator actually talking to us, the readers of the book of Revelation. So in that formal introduction, uh, verses 9 to 20 of chapter 1, he tells us where he was when he had a supernatural visitation from Jesus Christ. He's on the island of Patmos, and he says in verse 10, Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And then he sees the person speaking to him, the, the, the voice that he hears, and he says that the, uh, he describes the person as wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest and having eyes like flames of fire. So um, some other interesting things are shared. Key takeaway points in the formal introduction, we learn that John the Revelator was on the island of Patmos where he was exiled on account of him being a witness for Jesus Christ and giving testimony of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ uh, visited him here on this present earth, then in part three of the book of Revelation, John follows the instructions of Jesus Christ. So Jesus tells him, write down everything that you've seen things that are now happening and the things that will happen. He tells them that at the end of the formal introduction in verse 19. So in part three, if you use a red letter Bible, you'll see it's all in red, letter, all in red letters. In part three, we only hear Jesus Christ uh, talking verbatim there in chapters two and three. That's part three of the book of Revelation are the words of Jesus Christ, so John faithfully documented what Jesus said. And what did he say? He had, uh, he had words, prophetic words, for the seven churches that existed on the earth at that time. So uh, in his prophetic words for each, each church, he had 
some combination of these things, usually all three, words of praise, words of constructive criticism, and words of promise. So those are the things in Part 3 of the Book of Revelation. In Part 4, we have uh, John's supernatural experience taking another turn. So at first, Jesus visits John the Revelator on this present earth. But then we learn in chapter 4, John visits Jesus in present heaven. So in chapter 4, John tells us how he's called up to heaven, he gets up there, and he tells us everything he sees. So, of course, the point of the book of Revelation is for John to faithfully report everything that he sees. So far, he hasn't seen much. He gets to heaven, and he he, he tells us what he sees as if, uh, as if he were a tourist, right? And he was describing some awesome location, and he wants others to know what he saw, which is great, because I want to know what heaven looks like and who's uh, there and what they are doing. So that's very exciting. Chapter 4 is part 4 of the book of Revelation. Again, it's John's report on heaven. It doesn't have any prophecies in it. It doesn't have any metaphors in it. It's a literal report of heaven, how he was called up to heaven and what he saw when he was in there. Now, part 5, that's going to be our focus today. Part 5 of the book of Revelation is where we have the follow-up to what the omniscient narrator told us in the preface. So the omniscient narrator says in verse 1 of chapter 1, This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants the events that soon must take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. So we just we just heard he sent an angel. Who's he? Jesus Christ sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. What's the revelation? The revealing of Jesus Christ. We get to the angel presenting the revelation to his servant John, beginning with chapter five. So beginning with chapter 5, we get to the angel actually presenting, quote, unquote, this revelation to his servant John. Now, what does the angel actually show him? The angel shows him external visions, visions external to uh, John's person. As I've shared with you many times before, on May 24th of 2024, I'm going to uh, I'm going to a movie theater with Daryl Paul, and we are going to watch Planet of the Apes. As we sit in that theater, we will see moving pictures with sound. In contrast to the moving pictures with sound that John the Revelator was shown, we're going to be watching a movie that's fiction. John the Revelator was shown moving pictures with sound that reflect soon-coming future realities. John the Revelator was shown moving pictures with sound. Again, today we call them movies, but he wasn't shown uh, any type of movie. He was shown documentaries, documentaries created by an omniscient God. All of time exists within God, so God has the ability to know and create Video. I'm saying video, but I don't know if the external vision that was moving pictures of sound, I don't know if the technology was a video or um, if it was uh, some kind of 3D immersive experience, but we do know that he was shown by an angel of the Lord, and we're told in chapter 1, verse 1, that that's what was going to happen. And then we see the reality of it in chapter 5, So the angel shows John what? Twelve documentaries by my analysis. Twelve documentaries. And John follows the instruction of Jesus Christ that he receives at the end of chapter 1 in part 2, the formal introduction. Jesus says, John, write down the things that are happening 
and the things to come. So what was happening? What was happening were the things going on with the seven churches at that time. So he wrote that down. That's part three of the book of Revelation. What else was happening uh, now? When he was in present heaven, that was now. He wrote that down. Then all of chapter 5, 6, 7, keep going through chapter 21, as well as the first five verses of chapter 22. So that's the vast majority of the book of Revelation. That's all the things to come. So Jesus tells John in the formal introduction, write down all the things uh, to come, the things that are happening now and the things to come. So what are some of the things to come? We are going to focus on part five today. There are 12 documentaries John the Revelator was shown. He didn't have the ability to whip out his cell phone. So, you know, if I was called up to heaven and I had my cell phone and an angel was showing me a vision, or let's say you were called up to heaven, you had your cell phone, maybe you just turn your camera on and and videotape what the angel is showing you, right? But this is thousands of years ago. John didn't have the benefit of the technology we had today he was limited to the technology that existed at that time what writing utensil and some parchment so jesus told him write down everything uh write down everything you see the things that are happening now and the things um that will happen the things to come so he does that the angel shows him one documentary, then another, then a third, then a fourth, then a fifth, culminating with a twelfth documentary. That's the one we're going to talk about today, the New Earth Prophecy. Now let me mention briefly, how does the book of Revelation end? It ends with two narrators, John the Revelator talking and Jesus Christ talking too. They're both narrating the conclusion. They go back and forth. The angel makes a comment. Then John's narrating. Then Jesus. Then John. Then Jesus. Then John. And it goes back and forth like that over and over again. So uh, interestingly, I want to share with you, and then we're going to go to uh, the New Earth Prophecy. When you look at the conclusion... After the New Earth Prophecy, the prophecy we're about to hear, so that's John's uh, report, everything he wrote down that he saw and heard when he, he looked at the New Earth documentary, immediately after the angel shows John the Revelator these 12 documentaries, uh, Jesus says, wait a minute, the angel talks first and says, Um, Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. So we have chapter after chapter after chapter reflecting documentary after documentary after documentary. John the Revelator has written down what he saw and heard in these documentaries. And immediately after after the final documentary is shown, the angel talks. And the angel says that, what angel? The angel that was tasked with showing him these documentaries. So that same angel we hear in verse 6, then the angel said to me. So John says then, what does that mean? After the last documentary, he was shown the new earth prophecy. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. And then the next verse, so the angel confirms like confirms and says, everything you see in these documentaries that I've shown you here in present heaven, John, they're all trustworthy and true. And they're uh and the Lord God has sent his angel, talking about himself, to tell his servants what will happen soon. And then Jesus jumps in it's the very next verse and says, look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. Then John starts to narrate. 
And John says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then when we get down in verse 12, Jesus chimes in again and says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Okay, so you know what the six parts of the book of Revelation are. You understand that an angel was tasked with showing John the Revelator the things to come. The things to come are part five of the book of Revelation. It's the bulk of it, the majority of it. Part five begins with chapter five. Now, the very first documentary John was shown is the Seven Seals documentary. Then he was shown the Seven Trumpets documentary. And they keep going like that. The final documentary is the New Earth documentary. Let's talk about it. Let's hear it. What you're going to hear in this documentary is what happens after the end of the world. So in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter tells us the end of the world is coming soon. And the end of the world is documented in the Dead Judged Prophecy, that's documentary number 11, John the Revelator was shown, chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. And after the end of the world, what do we have? We have a new earth. So what's the end of the world? It's the end of life on this present earth. It's the continuity of life for all who were ever born as human beings is the continuity of life with all human creation dwelling either with their father God on the new earth or with their father Satan in the lake of fire. So when we talk about the new earth prophecy, we understand that it's after the end of the world. So the end of the world happens after all of God's five enemies of Jesus Christ are destroyed. Who are they? In the order of their destruction, the Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, the children of Satan, and finally death. When they are all destroyed, this earth, this present earth is consumed by a holy fire, and everything is consumed by a holy fire, and only those things which have been made holy by God have perfect continuity of life onto the new earth. Now let's go to that prophecy. I was just giving some context so we understand what we're talking about, uh, what John is talking about to us. Okay, so the great white throne judgment has just happened. The final enemy of God has been destroyed. Death has been thrown into the lake of fire. Death and Hades have been thrown into the lake of fire, death in the grave. Um, so here's the new earth prophecy, Revelation chapter 21, as well as verses 1 to 5 of chapter 22. Here it is. This is what? we are told about what we will experience after the end of the world. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. So what is this? First two verses. Jerusalem 
is where God the Father and Jesus Christ are going to dwell together on the new earth. And this city, the holy city, it has been created. So think about the fact that New York City has been built by labor, right? Think about um, Beijing, Hong Kong, Zurich, Rome, all of these cities. Some, Some people built these cities. Well, God the Father has created the city that he's going to live in. And that city is going to descend. It's going to descend from heaven and place supernaturally onto the new earth. But it's not going to be placed in the United States. It's not going to be placed in uh, Israel. This city, the holy city, is going to be placed in Israel. And to distinguish it from the Jerusalem that exists today on this present earth, it's called the new Jerusalem. So the old Jerusalem is the Jerusalem that we have now, the Jerusalem that's a part of this present earth. The new Jerusalem is the Jerusalem that will only be a part of the new earth. Okay, so we just heard that God has literally um, sent a physical city from heaven, and it's going to descend from heaven onto the new earth. Let's continue. Verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So we just heard that this is the timing of God the Father relocating his home from present heaven to the new earth. So God is a holy God, and in his presence there can, uh, where he's going to live forever and ever, there won't be any evil thing. So the present heaven has been corrupted and defiled by fallen angels, as well as the present earth. But the new earth will never, ever have any corruption on it. And once we transition to the new earth, God moves His home, we just heard, it says God's home is now among his people. Where's his home? We're going to hear again later. His home is right here on earth, but not this present earth. It's the new earth. It's the perfected version of this earth. It's earth without the curse. It's earth without the curse. And it says he will live with them. With who? He will live with all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life all of the wheat who were harvested, all who will participate in the first resurrection, all who are the good fish who were kept. It says he will live with them and they will be his people. And then just to confirm, in case it might be confusing, it says again, God himself will be with them. So this is talking about God the Father. And what is he going to do? This is what he's going to do. It says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Have you ever wished for peace on earth? We're not going to get it through the government of men. Even when Jesus Christ comes, there will be increased peace, but the first thousand years of his government on this earth aren't a final peace. Now, we're told in Isaiah chapter 9, and of the increase of his peace and his government, there shall be no end. And that's true. His peace will continue to increase. But we hear at the end of the thousand years, Satan's released, and they come and surround Jerusalem on this present earth, and then holy fire descends from heaven and consumes Satan and uh, those who have gathered to be a part of Satan's armies. That's still this present earth. But when we go to this new earth, it says no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. 
All these things are gone forever. So even when Jesus comes for the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this earth, we're still going to have death because there will be mortals and immortals. There will be those people who survive the Battle of Armageddon because they're not there and they're not in nations where Jesus sends plagues uh, back to the nations who sent armies to fight against Jerusalem. But there, So there will be people who uh, survive the second coming who failed to participate in the first res- resurrection because they were ineligible. And so what does that mean? We're going to have uh, mortals and immortals living at the same time. We're going to still have death and sorrow and crying and pain until this point that we're at now when we're on the new earth. It says all these things are gone forever. When are they gone forever? After the end of the world. After all five of God's enemies have destroyed, we are in that timing when we look at the new earth prophecy. Then it says in verse 5, And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Let's pause there. Humanity, after the end of the world, is split forever and ever into two groups. Again, those who are children of God the Father, that's group one. We will reside with God the Father and Jesus Christ, as you'll hear in a moment, on the new earth. But as you just heard, those who are children of Satan, and who are the children of Satan? Those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, all who have sin debt still in their account. It says, their fate is the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now, the second death will have already happened. So they are thrown into the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment when their cases are heard and they lose their case. Each person who participates in the great white throne judgment uh, has his or her case heard. Revealed that their name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's revealed that they do have sin debt in their book in heaven. Uh, the, the payment is outstanding, and the wages of sin is death. So since they haven't been to mediation and the blood of Jesus has not been appropriated to their account, they haven't made Jesus Christ their mediator, uh, they haven't repented uh, and uh I'm saying many words to say the same thing. They've they've chosen to reject God and God's plan to get in right standing with them. So their fate is the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So that's already happened, but here in the New Earth Prophecy, it's confirming, hey, those folks are not here with us. Those folks who are murderers or the immoral and who practice witchcraft and on and on, Those folks are not here with us on the new earth. They're in the lake of fire. That was their fate. They're experiencing the second death. Now, the second death is permanent, just like uh, life on the new earth is permanent. Let's keep going. Verse 9 says, Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. 
So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, we heard about this earlier in the movie trailer. Now we're in the full uh, movie. What are we about to hear? We were already told that the new Jerusalem is going to descend from heaven onto the new earth. Now we're about to hear details of this city. Now, there are going to be many cities and many nations on the new earth. But God is excited about the fact that he's finally, God the Father is finally in his form as Father. He's going to finally be on earth. Not this present earth, the new earth that's free of the curse. And he's excited about where he's going to live. He's going to live in a beautiful city that he has created. This city is Jerusalem. It's not the old Jerusalem, the one that was on this present earth, the one that we have today. But it's the new Jerusalem. So we're about to hear a description of a literal city. So this is not a metaphor, This is not a metaphor. Um, This is a report of the actual city that will be the international headquarters for the world. This is the headquarters for the globe and the universe in the future. This is where God the Father will live and Jesus Christ will live. Let's hear Continuing with uh, the New Earth Prophecy, chapter 21, verse 10. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels, and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst, the twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. So this, uh, we're going to continue, but let's pause for a second. Verses 10 to 21, verses 10 to 21 of chapter 21, in, we're in the New Earth Prophecy. It's all a description of a literal City. So this city, the New Jerusalem, is the city that's going to be the international headquarters of the world. So this is like beyond someone describing New York City or someone describing, uh, you know, fill in the blank whatever city you think is the greatest city in the world. This is headquarters for the universe. Forever and ever. This is where God the Father and Jesus Christ are going to live. So we hear that 
this city is 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long, 1,400 miles tall. Height, length, and width are uh, each 1,400 miles. We hear about the foundation, how the city uh, has a wall built around it. I won't get into the whole notion of a wall, but this city has a wall. It's on the new earth, yet it has a wall all uh, around surrounding it. And it's not a, it's not a flimsy wall. <laughs> the wall is 216 feet thick. So uh, a very strong wall, uh, no doubt. And we hear about the gates and the foundation stones. Okay, so a wonderful description of this city. Let's continue uh, verses 22 and 27 will tell us more about what's going to happen in this city. Like what's it going to be like with God living in this city on the new earth and people who are on the new earth, what's it going to be like? So let's hear that now, verses 22 to 27 of chapter 21 in the book of Revelation. We're talking about the new earth prophecy. John the Revelator says, I saw no temple in the city. And again, what city are we talking about? We're talking about the new Jerusalem on the new earth. So that will be in Israel. It will be the international headquarters for Israel. the new earth and the universe, it says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Now that's interesting. Right now we're waiting for the third temple to be rebuilt. We're waiting. We're in the third temple era. We're waiting for Israel to get the green light to rebuild its temple. It has not had a temple since 70 A.D. when Roman soldiers destroyed it. And uh, we're waiting for the green light for Israel to rebuild uh, its third temple in Jerusalem. We know that during the Great Tribulation, which is soon to come, that the Antichrist will stand in the middle of this third temple declaring that he is God. But on the new earth, it says, I saw no temple in the city. So we're not going to have this third temple that we're looking forward to now on the new earth. Well, why not? It says, For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Now, this is the place, the first place in the New Earth prophecy where we start to hear a report of the reality of God the Father and Jesus Christ both dwelling in their form on the new earth. So, Jesus Christ has a glorified, perfected body, right? So when he rose from the dead, the corruptible put on the incorruptible. He transitioned from mortality to immortality. God the Father will be dwelling on the new earth as well in his form, whatever that looks like. So let's continue. Verse 22 says, I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city. And the Lamb is its light. So what, is it, what are they telling us? So coming forth from Jesus Christ will be light. And that light shines so bright that it's like the sun. So it doesn't... It doesn't need a sun or a moon because it has the light of Jesus Christ and it has the glory of God, which illuminates the city. So it has two sources of light. One is Jesus Christ. The other is God the Father, and both illuminate the city. Then it says in verse 24, the nations will walk in its light. And the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. So there's no night in the New Jerusalem. There's no night. Now, uh, I'm told that in Alaska at certain times of the year, there's, uh, there's some locations where there's no night 
So uh, we know a little bit about that, but certainly most of us have never experienced that. But in the future, in this city, the holy city, there will be no night. And then it says in verse 26, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now we're going to hear a little bit more about the city, chapter 22, verses 1 to 2 say, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the holy city, God will have a throne. If you watched any of the activities where uh, King Charles was installed as the new king uh, there in the United Kingdom after uh, his mother passed away, the, the throne became his throne. And he he sat on this throne. You know, where I live in the United States of America, it's somewhat foreign to us. We have a president. He sits in a chair, no doubt a nice chair, but it's a it's a it's a chair. But for those of you who live in nations where you have uh, kings and queens, you perhaps can relate to that a little bit more. In any case, all of us will be here, all of us whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, will be here, and God the Father will have a throne. And it says, flowing from the throne is a river with the water of life, clear as crystal. So flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Okay. Then it says, what else about this river with the water of life? It flowed down the center of the main street. Now, I'm curious, what do you guys think the name of Main Street is going to be? Years ago, I lived in a small town when I was in high school, and the Main Street was called Main Street. (laughs) Um, But I grew up in Washington, D.C., and there could argue that the Main Street is 16th Street. It goes from the top of the city all the way down to the White House, which is right there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. That's the intersection of 16th Street and Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest. So you could argue that 16th Street is the main street in Washington, D.C. When I lived in a small town called Northfield, Massachusetts, uh, Main Street was called Main Street. (laughs) Any guesses about what the Main Street will be called in the New Jerusalem, if you have a guess about that, or maybe you know what it's going to be called, would you text that to us? So you can text right now. Our PGN uh, text number is one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. Any thoughts about that? one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. Uh, also, feel free to text any other comments or questions you have about the book of Revelation. We're talking about the New Earth Prophecy. So, Uh, this river with the water of life is going to flow down the center of the main street in New Jerusalem. Then it says, on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. Now that is wonderful. Years ago I went on a trip to Arizona, and I'm, uh, I'm in a car, and I'm looking around, getting used to Phoenix, and to my amazement, there are fruit trees just on the side of the road, like a, a regular city street. Um, there were orange trees, and in the center of the road, they had these large aloe vera plants. And I asked, can anyone just, like, pick an orange, like, off of that tree? And I was told, sure, you know, it's not a big deal. There are lots of fruit trees in Arizona. So... Um, I don't know about you, but in Washington, D.C., there there aren't lots of fruit trees. Now, don't text me saying, I have an apple tree in my backyard. I understand that. Some people do have fruit trees, but for the most part, we don't just see uh, trees with crops of fruit. But in 
this city, uh, on the main street, there will not only be the river with the water of life, but there will be these amazing uh, trees. It says on each side of the river grew a tree of life. So on both sides, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. So it only takes one month to generate a whole new crop. Then we're told the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Now, this is the second time we have a reference to the nations in the New Earth Prophecy. This is important. This is important. Now, in this prophecy, we hear a lot about what what does the city look like, the city where God the Father and Jesus Christ will live, what does that city look like, and what is happening in that city? And it makes sense because the book of Revelation is about the revealing of Jesus Christ, and now we're ending with where Jesus is going to live and what that city looks like and what's happening in it. That being said, there will be nations. Now, not all of the nations are going to be permitted to continue. We see that elsewhere uh, in the Bible. For for example, when we look at some of the books of the Minor Prophets, we're told that some uh, nations that when Jesus returns, he's going to destroy those nations. Uh, But there will be nations with an S. My perception is that most nations of the world will continue to exist, uh, not only after the time of the second coming, but also on the new earth. Most nations. That's my perception. In any case, we know that it's nations with an S. And about this, uh, the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, it talks about the leaves. It says the leaves, of talking about the leaves of these trees, were used for medicine to heal the nations. Now, here's a question that has emerged in my mind. As you know, you are three in one. You have a physical body, you have a spirit man, and you have a soul. So your body, spirit, and soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. We know that as soon as a person is born again, the spirit man of the individual is made new and is seated in heavenly places. The spirit man never, ever sins again once it's born again. But there are two parts that are still under the curse. What? the body, and the soul. So the body goes to perfection at the time of the first resurrection. We, this, incorruptible puts on, this corruptible puts on the incorruptible. We transition from mortality to immortality at the time of the first resurrection. When is the soul perfected? I don't have a good answer to that question. But Interesting, it says the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Heal the nations of what? Uh, Thinking? Disagreements? So I I wonder if that connects to healing of the soul, since human beings will populate the nations. I don't have an answer to that question, but we do know it's going to be something wonderful. Those leaves are healing the nation. They're medicine their medicine. Awesome. Let's continue. Verse 3. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. So now we're talking about the entire new earth. So whether a person is living in the United States on the new earth or Canada, now I'm not saying for sure that these nations are going to be on the new earth, but whatever nation an individual lives in, I believe that they will be, but I can't say that for certain. But whatever nation a person lives in on the new earth, it says no longer will there no longer will there be a curse upon anything. What does that mean? That means not only will every human being be in an immortal, incorruptible, perfected, glorified body. So we already have that at the time of the first resurrection, the marriage of the Lamb. But it says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. That means that your precious dog, your wonderful cat, your horse will never, ever die. Your plants will never, ever die. A tree will never, ever die. No river will be polluted. 
So nothing will die. Everything will be alive with the glory of God on the new earth. It's hard for us to imagine that today. Why? A, A dog lives maybe at most 17 years. Some live only 10 years. But that's not God's best. That's a reflection of the curse. You know, someone lives to 100 years, they say, oh, he had such a long life. Not really. Not really. Not really. When you think about eternity and the reality that all who dwell on the new earth will live forever and ever and ever, we appreciate at that point that we are under the curse. When you look at the rivers that are polluted and the beautiful flowers that die, so you go and you you buy a a flower and then you um, cut the flowers and you bring them in, maybe they last a week or two weeks. Why? We're under the curse. But no longer will there be a curse upon anything. So that means the beautiful flowers that you grow in your garden will live forever. The fig tree that... uh, that you have in your yard will grow and live forever. Your precious horse will be with you forever. Now, uh, let's continue. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. Let's pause there. So we heard, we heard that the throne of God and of Jesus Christ is going to be on the new earth, and they're going to be worshipped, and all members of the royal race, all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, what are we going to get to do? We're going to get to see his face. Now, when we're here on this present earth, when Jesus Christ brings uh, those who are in heaven back to this new earth. And um, those of us who are here at the time of the second coming, when we transition from mortality to immortality and we rise up second also to meet Jesus Christ in the clouds, uh, we're gazing at Jesus Christ. That's exciting. That's awesome. And that's amazing. What about gazing at God the Father? It says, and they will see his face. Whose face? The face of God the Father. And it says, and his name will be written on their foreheads. Let's pause there for a second. The mark of the beast is the counterfeit mark. Now, we're told in Revelation chapter 3 about the true mark. That's this mark. That's when Uh, His name is going to be written on our foreheads. Let's go there for a second. Revelation chapter 3, we learn a little bit more when Jesus is giving uh, some of the promises for those who are victorious, for those who are in Christ at the end. Jesus says, talking about uh, the true mark. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, it says, And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God, and I will also write on them my new name. So, Two names will be on our foreheads. Friend and truth seeker, don't take the mark of the beast. That's a counterfeit. That disqualifies one from uh, inhabiting the new earth. And if one's not on the new earth, that means one's in the lake of fire. Those are the only two final destinations for those who began as uh, members of humanity. Those are the two final destinations, the new earth and Gehenna, the lake of fire, the second death. No person can say, I'm agnostic. I opt out. doesn't matter whether you believe God exists or not because he does exist. And there will be a great white throne judgment. And every person 
will either be Team Jesus or Team Satan. We're going to the Super Bowl of life, and you know who's going to win it. It's Team Jesus. Now, everyone who's Team Jesus, we're all going to live on the new earth, and what's going to be on our forehead, he tells us uh, in this letter to one of the seven churches, this is a letter to the church in Philadelphia. Verse 12, he says, this is Jesus Christ speaking, and I will write on them the name of my God. That's talking about God the Father. And they will be citizens in the city of my God. So we have citizenship in uh, New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. So we'll have the new name of Jesus Christ on our forehead and the name of God the Father. That is the true mark, the mark of the beast that will go on the forehead or the right hand of folks. Uh, that's the mark of Satan, uh, you know, his funky, the Antichrist. You don't want to take that mark because that dooms you. That uh, that puts in your your body the marker that marks you as a child of Satan. And all of the children of Satan will live with their father in the lake of fire. Reject Satan. Reject Satan. Reject Satan. It's within your power, your discretion, and your privilege to do so. You might say, well, I'm just not sure about these things. If you are a truth seeker, seek God with all your heart, your mind, your spirit, and your soul. If you are a true truth seeker, you will arrive at the truth, which is that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him, except by him. Now, you want to be with us on this new earth, I think. Now, it's your choice. You are the boss of you. You are the boss of you. You get to decide it. But know that it is a decision if you choose To reject Jesus Christ, then you are choosing to stay on Team Satan. And all who are on Team Satan join their father, Satan, as his child in the lake of fire after the end of the world. Now let us go back to the New Earth prophecy. So we heard, no longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And then it ends with this. This is the end of the new earth prophecy. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun. For the Lord God will shine on them. Who's them? All of his children. All the children of God. All who bear the true mark of God on their foreheads. All whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. All who are among the wheat who are harvested at the time of the second coming. All of the good fish who have been kept. All of the sheep who hear his voice and another's voice they don't follow. It says, For the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Listen. Forever and ever is eternity future. Who cares about uh, reigning for four years or eight years or, you know, people act like it's amazing if someone reigns for 30 years. Well, maybe in this age. But think about the reality that what God has for those who are victorious in him is reigning ruling and reigning with him forever and ever as members of the royal race. So that is the New Earth Prophecy in its entirety. It is the culminating book in the book of Revelation. Thank you for being here with me and with us today. We're going to continue discussion and analysis of the New Earth Prophecy every Sunday at 12 noon Texas time. Every Sunday at 12 noon Texas time, 1 p.m. Eastern time in December. 
and also on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Texas Time. Friend and Truth Seeker, I encourage you to be with me and with us next time when we have more discussion and analysis of the book of Revelation. I declare and decree according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, that you are blessed because you heard the words of prophecy in the book of Revelation, and you obey the words of prophecy, therefore you are blessed according to the word of God. And if you haven't done so yet, friend and truth seeker, I encourage you, according to Jeremiah 33.3, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. Until next time, friend, God bless you.